Good evening, ladies and gents. Episode 11 of the Fans On Podcast. We're back again. We're joined with you by Ange, Colin and myself. And uh, the title of this today's episode, Wembley Bound Whites, whether that is through the, through the cup or via the playoffs, who knows, or whether it's both. Um, but, you know, Wembley's certainly looking up to be, be a possibility, uh, especially after a, a very impressive performance uh, against Portsmouth this weekend. So, without further ado, let's get into it. What was your both uh, sort of initial match reaction to the game? What were your thoughts? Who impressed you? Who didn't? If anyone, um, what were your thoughts on a, a pretty solid performance, I think? Start with you, uh, Ladies first. Ladies first. Oh, ladies first. I was first last week, weren't I? So, you know. A really all-round solid performance from the whole team. Um, obviously, went on Tuesday and we weren't we weren't us. We were off it a bit, but knowing that we'd made a fair few changes, um, I expected a win. I don't ever expect a win, but I expected a win on Saturday. Um, maybe one or two, but three was nice because let's get them goals up as well just in case it comes to it at the end of the season sort that goal difference out um yeah i just i just enjoyed it i felt comfortable all match it was it was a night it was a lovely day out it was freezing but it was a lovely day out (laughs) yeah i would tend to agree with that Uh, i don't think there were many periods of the game where uh it was out of our control there are a few spells here and there but nothing that i thought was sustained at all uh, you know, I thought we looked at a really good side. Uh, what about you, Colin? Um, yeah, obviously, to echo a large part of what Anne said, um, I think it's highlighted the uh, importance of us not um, changing uh, the, the the team as well from the league game prior. Um, the, the, the continuity um, across that, that back five, um, in terms of um, their relationship with themselves, but also the, the, the sitters as well in the field. It allowed us to be um, relaxed during the game, in my in my opinion, um, as fans, obviously, and, and you know, not as, of course, the players would have been as, as switched on as, as at it as you'd expect, but certainly from a fan's perspective, it was very much relaxing. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm having a glass of wine. I would have liked to have had a glass of wine on, uh, on Saturday watching that because I think it would have been quite enjoyable although it would have probably been freezing by the time i drank it <laughs> um yeah i just thought it was really relaxing really 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 good game to watch um clinical as well i thought we were clinical which we obviously scored early which was good um it's the kind of game that you, you you'd expect us to um play against a side that you know are struggling and and, and sat in the table but you still need to do the job and i think they did it very well um be good as well Obviously, it's all well and good. Us, I mean, our opinions and stuff on the game. Obviously, we've got I think nine, ten people, eleven actually. Sorry, just now uh, watching watching the chat, watching the show. So it'd be good if they could have their opinion on, on the game as well. It'd be good to chat about that. But yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. Yep, I am echoing exactly what you both just said. Uh, and like Colin said, if you are watching along with us, which we can see some of you are, drop your thoughts on the game, what you thought, uh, you know, who impressed you, what went well. Um, but for me, I think it's important to look at another clean sheet. Um, after a really impressive run of performances, 
Um, you know, there didn't look to be many tired bodies in the squad. We, you know, we were energetic for, for the full 90 and never really looked like letting that slide. Uh, and another clean sheet, which I'm sure the team will be delighted with. And I saw a stat actually that that was the first time, I think, excluding wartime football, that we'd kept six consecutive clean sheets in around over 80 years, uh, which is pretty impressive uh, and a good record to have at, at any level. Um, six games without conceding any goals is pretty good going. Uh, we have had a Thanks. comment in. Thanks to BWFD Stats for that one. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Long-standing contributor, whether he knows it or not. <laughs> steal from him um, all the time. <laughs> well, we don't steal, we borrow. Uh, Danny said, uh, a good debut from Dan up top, good option from goal kick, chest the ball down well, which I thought was a good point uh, and something we'll touch on later, which was his debut. Um, yeah, very impressive, actually. Uh, it looked very physical and, and good on the ball. David Green's also... Popped in and he said, surprising the lack of frustration because the referee was actually decent, which... Yeah, I'm, good yeah, ref, yeah. Very, very, yeah. very inclined to agree with that. Um, you, know, you, know a ref's you know when you, go, you know a ref's good? Um, when you don't you know notice him. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a, absolutely. that's a very, very valid point, that from, from David. Yeah, uh, I certainly agree with that. The referee was uh, put on a... a, a pretty decent performance and as you said when you don't notice them you know things are going well uh another point from david bdfc 714 a great follow uh yeah absolutely put some good stuff on twitter stats and things like that and, and records and whatnot um and chris dawson has popped in oh go on colin no sorry i was going to add um to, to the clean sheet uh, conversation um i think willie i think williams at fullback is kind of it's seamlessly slotted into that that back five, um, yeah. which is even more impressive. The fact that we're managing to keep sheet clean sheets, sorry, with obviously there's um, the, the element of restructuring in, from a central defensive point of view, but also the the, the left side of defence as well. Um, he's I think there's more to come from him. I think he's, he's been quite impressive. Um, I think he obviously attributes lean towards offensive uh, capabilities, but I think yeah. defensively yeah. He's, he's done pretty well. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Um, I was impressed by some of the uh, attacking output I saw from him on Saturday. I thought some of the balls that he put into the box were really good. Um, his delivery seemed pretty on point. Um, and I, I suppose we'll only get better with more game time and more minutes under his belt. Uh, as I say, Chris Dawson's popped in and he said a mirror image of the home performance versus Exeter. That's how you manage your game. Again, really good points from the people coming in. Um like the same with Exeter, I don't think there were ever really a time where we looked in doubt. Um, we've got another one, a very comfortable performance. Dempsey and Dion, very hard working lads, and my two men of the match. Well done to the Pompey fans as well. Uh, yeah, what the, can you pick up that man trip match? twice in a week as well, though, for them Pompey fans? <laughs> and that bloody bell, yeah, bloody bell, <laughs> yeah, they are uh, great set of fans. Yeah, they're a great set of fans. They, they always have been, uh, both home and away. I've been strapped back a few times over the years, and they've always, they've always been a good, good set. And they, they never show up, even when, even when the, the, the three 0 down, they, they're saying how crap they are. So they're singing how crap they are, should I say? So even in them type of times, they, 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 they make a bit of a noise. So yeah, good set of fans. Yeah. Yeah. No sorry, Ben. Did you say man of the match? Yeah. Why not? Let's let's go for it. Who is your man of the match? Oh. 
I'm going to have to pass it on to someone else because I can't start on that. I <laughs> can't pick one. Uh, Ange, who's your man on the match? I voted tall on the Bolton Paul. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> um, it's a Paul, apparently. But I could, but yeah, Paul. But I could have given it to Dempsey. Either of those two for me. Yeah, fair suggestions. What about you, Colin? Um, Carl Dempsey, um, man of the match for me personally. I think he's again. I referred to the the the, the uh, continuity between the team and how they're linking up with with the sitters earlier on. I think he's a big part of that. His tenacious attitude, the way he goes about his work. Um, obviously, flies into every possible challenge, but uses the ball very well. And obviously, that was evident. Um, in the second goal, um, obviously he took he, he's he, he's delivered that ball really well, and obviously he took the ball well, obviously at his feet from I think Tor played it over the top as well, and just he's just he's just a class act, and he's 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 beginning to show us why. Um, I think is it Gillingham he came from. Gillingham's fans were obviously so yeah. much of a big fan of his, and also um, the fact that. He's he's getting a run now, isn't he? And he's showing us, isn't he, now that you know what, what we've got at our disposal. So he's man of my my man of the match. I'd also like to add as well. Now, I know he didn't have a great deal to do, but I always think the goalkeeper always needs a bit of a special mention when when you win three 0 or comfortably or whatever scoreline it might be, because he he was called upon a couple of times, and even yeah. if later on, I think there was some late flurries by them lot and, and they could have scored and the, the clean sheet is so important to us at this stage of the season especially uh, because obviously playing some of the the, the, the so-called bigger teams um, and yeah I think uh, Traft deserves a special mention because he, he, he was called upon a couple of times and he's you know a couple of saves were, were, were really impressive actually um, yeah. so yeah but yeah Dem's definitely a man of the match Can I add something as well about Kyle? Absolutely So obviously obviously <laughs> thanks so obviously he's going through a massive in his personal life and he's going to be playing like he is at the minute. Like he's playing like he's not got a care in the world. He looks relaxed, he's enjoying himself and he's got all of that going on in the background. It's just it's hats off to, to him to be coming and showing us that. I think it's probably I'll, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to comment on that, Angela, because I think Ben's trying to focus on the amount of comments that we're having on the chat, which is really nice. Okay. <laughs> my, my brain's going all over the place. I can't keep up. <laughs> it's nice like that. Yeah. I've, got, I've got my side here as well, so I can see why he's looking. I'll, I'll let you deal with them, Ben. Um, but yeah, Ange, to add to that, I think what it's probably good for him is the fact that he's playing football, because it's obviously going to be like a, a nice distraction away from... Um, kind of off what's going on off the field with his with his dad and that so um but yeah definitely it deserves um it does a tip of the hat for his performances with, with everything that's going on definitely yeah we've had a few votes in for people's man on the match uh david green said kieran lee along with louise davis um which is another you know commendable shout i thought he was excellent um you know really worked portsmouth uh and drove us forward um my man on the match, I think, might be Charles, uh, which Danny has said that he thought he was immense. He just runs his socks off. Um, and he said, Danny said he earned his goal. And, you know, I agree absolutely wholeheartedly with that. Um, every week. He earns a goal every single week. He just doesn't always yeah. manage it. Yeah, he's just unbelievable. He's, he's work great and his energy and his enthusiasm, you know. 
just his work ethic is, is exceptional. You know, he never backs out of anything. He's always, you know, tracking back when he needs to. Uh, I think there was one instance where I think they might have broke away from one of the corners that we had, and Charles was one of the first, you know, to run out of the box and, and, and chase down the man. And, you know, things like that just go a long way in a team that play such a high-pressing, you know, relentless game. Um, just going to whiz back a little bit. Uh, one point made by Chris, he said, who'd have thought that Aaron Morley would become the new MJ Pivot, be honest? And, well, yeah, you know, a very different player to MJ. Um, you know, they share some attributes, but wouldn't have put him as, as that pivot role. But wow, he is, he impressed me in it. Um, do you think that, that sorry uh, sorry to interrupt but do you think that is no um evidence of his um ability to to adapt and, and learn and advance on his game because obviously we only see him on a saturday or a tuesday evening don't we like you know yeah. he's training yeah. with mj every 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 day of the week and mj is I, i'm a massive fan of mj williams i think he's a, a great uh, central midfield at this level uh, his distribution is great and obviously he's um he's, he's great he's great in the tackle but he'll be picking up on stuff on him there's no, there's no doubt about that. He'll be learning from him, and I think Aaron Morley is um, probably, off the top of my head, probably one of our more experienced players in our team at this level. He's played a lot of games at this level, and so that shows how much we've got. You know, of, 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 of um, some of his disposal, we've got at his disposal so some experience, but so young and, and able to learn, and, and I think that's evidence of, of how he's playing. Good, great show from Chris. That, yeah. Only he's twenty-two like as well. Yeah, he's he's learning it. He's learning week on week. He's like, he's, it's a good thing, big things to come from that lad. Absolutely. There was a, a tweet I saw on Twitter from some United fans talking about the Casemiro pass in one of their games, uh, and it was very remarkably similar to the pass that Morley played through to Bradley, uh, one that we've seen on numerous occasions. Uh, we say, are we saying we're going to sell Aaron Morley to Real Madrid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with the, the transfer speculation that we've seen so far, I, I don't think my brain could handle that. We um, could probably sell Aaron Morley to Real Madrid at this age, at his age and stage of his career, playing in League One for like 50 million quid, and Bolton fans are still say 75 million quid, 100 million quid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there'd still be people saying we should keep him because he get because he's a game changer. But, you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and can see a pass as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, someone commenting there saying, great shout about the keeper call. They never get mentioned when the team's winning comfortably and another clean sheet to boot, which is a, a great point uh, that I know you mentioned when you know the team's playing well. Trafford can often fly under the radar and just because that's what we've come to expect from him. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to, to congratulate him on clean sheets and good performances. All the same. Uh, a bit of an injury. Uh, inside the first half with Yon Daddy picking up a, a bit of a knock on what looked like his ankle. Uh, I don't think we've heard anything more on that. Um, hopefully it's nothing too serious, but I thought he started the game really impressive uh, and was on track to be my man of the match. The way he puts himself about is just similar to Dion. His work rate and ethic, you know, pressing from the front. I thought he started the game really, really brightly um, and... It's unfortunate that just after getting back to, to what he considered fully fit, he's now going to be sidelined um, for some period of time with, with a, an, an injury, which hopefully isn't too serious. Um, so, <laughs> so Louisa said that Williams, Escobar, as my kids call him, is looking impressive, which 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, something that we spoke about actually before coming on here. Um, I've not heard anyone call him Escobar, but you know, I'm not. Maybe that'll catch on. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I was impressed by him again. So some good distribution and some attacking output from him. Uh, Colin said actually before we came on that there's plenty more to come from him, uh, which I absolutely agree with. Um, and before we get on to the, the pressing topic of, of transfer speculation, I just wanted to touch on Dion back on the score sheet again. Um, I think that's consecutive games that he's scored in now for, for quite a, a good run. And he's looking good. Um He's, he's found his feet again. Uh, we always knew that that play was in there. But what are your thoughts on Dion's, Dion's performance over recent weeks? Have you been impressed? I, I can't imagine you, you won't have been, but what are your thoughts on him? Go to you, Ange. I love Dion. I absolutely adore him. I think he's a... He doesn't stop. He's like the Duracell bunny and he just goes on and <laughs> on. And he, if you let him, he would be running out there for the full 90. Um, yeah. Really deserved every goal he gets, he works for, um, and just thankful that he sometimes proves the haters wrong when they don't think he's as good as some of us do. Yeah, are you gonna say something, Colin? He's confident, isn't he? uh, but I think what, um, what we need to touch upon is what, we, what you mentioned a second ago about uh, Bob Barson getting injured. If if Dion was sat on this podcast now, I reckon he'd be saying, "I hope to Christ he's not injured for a long time," because I think he helps him. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I think he helps him players the, the the game he wants to play because I think he draw he draws defenders uh, by Barcelona because of the way he plays and his ability on the ball. Um, and he, he obviously his ability to be able to play the right pass as well because that's a big part of his game. Um, you can see with Bob Barcelona that he's he's played at a high level. Um, and yeah, it, when he's fit, it stands out a mile. Um, and in, certainly in terms of Dion, he frees up space for Dion to, to kind of run into and, and 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 you know get them goals that he's been getting. So he, I reckon he'll be he'll be praying that he's. And I am to be honest with you, we can't we can't lose Bob Vars. And I think he's just that partnership has just started to click. Yeah, um, you could see it as well. Um, even I don't know how long, how long did uh, Bob Arson play on Saturday? Thirty-seven minutes, I think. Thirty-five-ish, yeah, thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah, around. That like, even in that short period of time, you could see that they were they were linking up and that partnership was developing. Um, so yeah, we all got to be praying and hoping that that ankle injury isn't serious because yeah, that'll be quite detrimental if it is. But as far Big as loss, as far as yeah. yeah, massive. Yeah, I think as far as Dion goes, though, like I said before, he's confident in it. Um, he, he's he's starting to get on the end of stuff, and I think that there was a, there was an effort one in the second half where it kind of got swung over from the left, and he hit a first time volley. Um, yeah, you know if, if, if he's not confident, he's not hitting that first time. Oh, he didn't go in, but he could have done. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, and he'll probably get a, a, a swinger against not a swinger, but he'll get a chance like that against Derby. And he pretty might put it back at net um, because he's you know he's buzzing in it. Um, but I think he's buzzing yeah. because his strike partners are helping him. To be honest. Um, yeah, get the, the, the teams set up to 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 to, to utilize the centre forwards as a two. Um, so yeah, we really got a lot that Bob Arsenal's not injured. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I think when we played with Dapo and Dion up front, it was often that the balls were were coming into Dion's feet, uh, and he was you know tightly marked and couldn't find his way around. But having da uh, Jan up front it is an outlet that we can use that that offers some you know 
something different. We can play balls into the air and he can bring them down or, or win headers or, or flick-ons and things like that, something that Dapo can't do, uh, which ultimately means that Charles is the one, you know, getting the ball played into him, which isn't always what he wants. He wants that space to run into uh, to create chances and things like that. Um, but Chris has said, um, to the point that you raised, Carl, um, Dion was gesturing to Umbundalu to drop in and draw the centre-half out, which is exactly what John Daddy does. Um, but yeah, yeah, another yeah. good point. Well, that that just um, that just um, that just highlights my part about making well hoping that Bob Varson isn't injured for a while because that kind of partnership that uh, you'd hope that um, Bob Varson and, and Charles have got, which you quite clearly have, that's going to have to develop with and and do and do. I guess I kind of got used to his name. Dan. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Just Dan. I say, I say, when I say it, I want to say it right, so i got to get it right before I start saying it. Right. <laughs> you have to I might stand in front of the mirror and say his name until I get it right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that partnership that, that, that Bob Arson and Charles have got, you know, that's been developed and, and nurtured on it, and that'll take a little bit of time to, to, to come to fruition if, if Bob Arson is injured for a while. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what we've all been waiting for, uh, which is the, the transfer talk, uh, before we get into the, the really juicy bits, uh, let's just touch on, obviously, Dan, uh, being the latest addition to the squad, what did you make of his debut? Uh, obviously, it was a, a bit of a force change with, with Daddy coming off, but um, I thought he slipped in quite well, and I don't think he, he looked out of place at all. Um, there were a, a few occasions where I thought, you know, uh, he could have been either further up the pitch or a bit more central. But, you know, f as far as first performances go and debuts go, I don't think it was a bad one at all. Uh, what did you make of it, Colin? Um, you can see he's a bit raw, can't you? Because obviously he's, he's new to the team. Um, he's make, I saw he's making, he was making quite a few runs that the lads weren't necessarily seeing. I mean, I'm sure they, they will see in time, but that, that partnership weren't quite there. Um, so yeah. it's a bit raw in that sense. I think he, he he played he played pretty well. He started off like a house on fire, didn't he? I think he he, he faded off a little bit towards the end. But I made some um, I made some notes here actually before we came came on. Um, he used I, I made the point myself by saying he uses the ball well as a whole. He seems to you know distribution seems to be pretty good. And when I looked into it, seventy five percent accuracy in his passes. Um, in the 53 minutes played. So, obviously, he's dropping in, like Chris made the point of Dion asking him before, and he's using the ball well on the floor, which yeah. is obviously a big part of how we play. Um, also, early as well, I think he offers us more of a threat than Bakayoko ever did. I think he offered more of a threat in the 53 minutes he played in the air than Bakayoko ever made in the air. Um, he, won, <laughs> he won six out of his eight duels uh, in the air, which I thought was pretty... It's a pretty impressive stat because considering we don't necessarily play the ball that long, um, a ground jewels he won, he won, he won five out of seven. So again, that's pretty good as well. Um, and overall touches, um, 27 overall touches, uh, and the majority of them were deeper. So obviously, you know, Everton quite clearly recognizes that he's, he's able to play a little bit. So, but overall, I thought, I mean, you can't go and see, I, I don't often like doing this, but I just thought it was quite interesting because I don't really know a great deal about the lad. Uh, and he only played, he's only played 53 minutes in front of me. So I can't really form too much of an opinion about him. But overall, I thought he played, I thought he played pretty well. Um, probably sort of scored that header 
think if he was sat on the pod now, he'd probably say, yeah, I, I should have scored that because it's a free header in it and he's watching it all the way as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably give him a 7 out of 10 if I was to rate his debut. It's not, not a bad I went, a I went on a bit then, didn't I? I ran <laughs> a bit. Didn't I? Sorry. Well, you know, if you've got plenty to say, then say it. Um, some point, we'll come to you in a minute, Andrew. We've got some points from the people. Um, just watching uh, one here that he said he looks ready for 90 minutes every week, more so than JDB, um, which I think is perhaps a little harsh on JDB, giving some of his injury look, um, you know, when he has played for us. But I'd agree that he did look ready for 90. You know, he looked energised and ready to go. Um, another one here that said, good debut, good in the air as well as skillful on the ball, could play a key part in future games, which is a, another great point. Um I thought he, he did look pretty technical and, and you know, as well as having that big physical presence, he didn't look, um, for lack of a better word, clunky and slow. Um, Chris has said, and that shoulder barge, despite backers build, he was never physical enough, something we've been lacking, which is another good point. Uh, we've never really had that, that bully boy up front. Um, I think if George Johnston could play up front, then that's what he'd play like. That'd be a uh, Dan and Wunderloo. Um, Another one here that said, yeah. what do you think causes us to have these runs under ever? Each season, twice so far this season, we have these runs of games where we click into gear. Once we stop losing, we keep it going. Which is a good point, actually, that I just wanted to, to touch on. Uh, we'll go to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll get Angie's thoughts on, on Dan's debut. What did you think of it, Ange? I tell you what, he's a big boy, isn't he? He's he like is a indeed. shy horse. He, was, he came <laughs> on and I was like, I wasn't expecting him to look quite so big, but um, yeah. Like Chris said, yeah, so much more of a physical player than Backer. I mean, I love Backer. I'm not going to diss Backer. He, he, he's given me some limbs over this past 12 months or so. Um, yeah. And I think if that ball would have come in a little bit to his head, he might have put it in. But it, it felt like it was in the air for about 10 minutes and he literally watched it, didn't he, all the way in. If yeah. it had had a bit more speed, he might have managed to get it in. But it's good effort to nearly score on your debut. It's not bad, is it? Am I expecting too much? Am I, I expecting yes, too much? Yes, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, uh, I reckon, it was I reckon he'd, he'd admit that he should have scored there. He's a free. Maybe. A free I mean, keeper got his fingertips to it, didn't he? he saved it. It's not like he missed. Yeah. I think because the ball was quite slow into the box and there was a lot of time there, the keeper had quite a lot of time to get himself in a a good enough position and get across in time. Sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So just going back to to Liam's point, uh, what do you think causes us to have these runs under Everett? Uh, Each season, twice so far this season, we have these runs of games where we click into gear and once we stop losing, we keep it going, which is a good point. And myself, I'm not really sure where that that what the reason is for that i can't quite put my finger on it um a lot of people have said it's the january transfer window but this time it started just a little bit before then uh you know a good run of form but but who knows who knows what it is um do either of you two have any ideas of what, of what it could be any conspiracies it's not a conspiracy no i think i've got an idea why I think it's a great question, first of all. Uh, is it Liam? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I think so. I think the the reason why we're going on these runs is it, it ever 
he, I think he installs belief in the players over a long period of time. He makes them believe that they're going to improve. If you listen to his post-match reactions and, and with the club, and obviously the, he's giving him his media responses, but he always says there's more to come, there's more to come, there's more to come. He's pushing them all the time. And also he's got the squad as well to utilise uh, compared to 75% of this league. He's got the squad to, to, to you know, chip, chip and change it about and stuff and obviously keep them fresh and keep them, keep them uh, hungry as well. Um, yeah. That's why, obviously, that and the January contributing factor, we tend to make good signings and plan for the following season in January. And I think that helps signing signing better players, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think he just is in how he installs belief in, in the players to that they're going to get better and improve upon what they're doing at present. That's my thoughts, anyway. No, it's a good point. Kyle said, didn't he, Pastor Barnsley, in his interview, that Ian's told him to just relax. He's a brilliant footballer and he knows what he can do. And I think what Colin yeah. says is probably right that when a lot of people have slated ever in his match interviews about saying that's not us and we that's not how we play and you know when he it seems to us like a bit of a poor excuse but he's got to he's got to look after his players rather than trying to appease us and if they if they know that their manager trusts them and believes in them then absolutely he's going to get the best out of them no point standing yeah. on camera and saying what a lot of crap that was it's he does it. I think he. I think it's. I think it's Ian. I think it is just. It's just the way he manages that brings the best out of him. Yeah, it's another good point. And long may it continue. Is is all I can add to that. Um, we had a point from Alex that said, "Can we just talk about how Dempsey wins every header he goes for?" <laughs> which is a great point. He's a, he's an absolute menace in midfield. He just never backs out of anything. Every second ball or loose ball, he wants to pick it up and get us going again. Uh, and yeah, in the air, he, he never surprises me. Just how high he can get up and challenge it and put himself about. He's um he's not very tall, is he? No, no, he's not. He's but I think the re- I reckon the reason why he's able to 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 win the Memorial Jewels as well he does is I think he did he play rugby as a kid at a pretty decent level. He did play rugby, yeah. Yeah, there might be something to do with it. Obviously, he likes challenge, doesn't he? And I'm guessing he's probably involved in the lifting within the scrum as well. I wouldn't have thought he'd been in the scrums. <laughs> did, he play, did he play rugby league or any reunion, whatever? But I reckon that's something to do with the fact that why he's able to to win them battles, possibly. Also, he times his jumps well. So the amount of them that jump for about 10 minutes before it's anywhere near him, <laughs> it, it frustrates the life out of me. It's like, I need to send them all to dance lessons or something to try and get the timing. This is that phone. I can't, <laughs> believe, I can't believe that someone's got a house phone in two <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be me. Um, it's not mine. Um, well, it's not me, Ben. And it's not Anne. I can't. <laughs> I think I think it might be Ange. I think Ange's playing playing us on. I won't mind hearing in the chat. I won't mind hearing in the chat. Everybody's watching. Just say yes or no. Do you have a house phone? That's all you need to say. Yes or no. See what kind of response. Have a house phone, but no one's got the number for it. Yeah. Whilst whilst we're. 
whilst we're waiting for them responses to come in, not a topic I thought we'd be talking about. I can't lie, that wasn't in the agenda that I put together. Um, <laughs> Chris has said, hang on, we're talking about good delivery into the box. When did we start doing this? Another area of our play to improve in recent weeks, which, you know, good point again. Um, there has definitely been an improvement into that, that final ball, which we have lacked so many times. Uh, so let's go through the responses to um, the house phone. We've got one for yes, two for yes, three for yes, four for yes. Uh, Colin, it's you. You've not got one. Everyone else has no, got listen, one. listen, there's more no's. So there's one for no, two for no, three, well, one for what's a house phone, which I'm assuming is a no. <laughs> what's a landline? Uh, another one for a what phone, which I'm assuming is another no, so that brings up to four, and then another one saying no. Uh, so I think that's five to no, four for yes. There's another right? no, just popped up. So yeah, anyway, let's talk about more for now. Yeah. Try and mute yourself, Ben. Come on, man. I, I can't hear it. I can't hear it from my headphones. Someone else put up a comment in the chat. I think it was Dan, uh, who said new headphones for Christmas, and he's absolutely right. Uh they're good as well, because I couldn't even hear the house phone ringing. <laughs> but yeah, there's um, the most sensitive microphone on the planet though, so the rest of us have got it ringing in our ears. Yeah. You can probably hear next door's house phone ring as well. <laughs> if they've got one. Um but yeah. After after some of the comments on my uh, headphones in in previous pods, I had to invest in some new ones. Um, we'll, we'll leave that one there. Uh, but finally, I suppose it's we'll touch on the the, the other rumours of, of incomings very briefly. Um, one with another player who I'm not entirely sure how to say his name, but we're going to go with Ayub Asal from Wimbledon um, and the youngster from City in Carlos. Just Carlos. I'm not even going to try and say his last name. Um, but two new rumours that have been sort of floating around. You know, we've seen quite a lot this window of players that are, might be coming, might not be coming. Um, obviously, when we were linked with a few forwards and whatnot. But I think we've been crying out for a number 10. Uh, I know we've spoken about it on this pod a lot of times. On our January wish list, uh, a good number 10 was, was in that role. And although... Ayubasal has been often put on the wings for Wimbledon. He's capable of playing in a in a ten. Um, what do you make of those rumours? Uh, I think the one with the the city youngster is a little bit more hit and miss. Uh, I saw somewhere that he was linked with a move to Southampton, and that they were in the mix of clubs interested in him. So that's one that's a little less likely to come to fruition, uh, I think. But you know, the the young lad from Wimbledon is a little bit more likely. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, we'll go to you, Colin. Um, I'm, well, I mean, the lad that said he's being linked to Southampton, then we just ignore that comment and talk about the lad who plays in League Two. Um, yeah. I don't know about much about either of them, to be honest with you. Uh, I did a bit of uh, research along the lad who plays for Wimbledon, Sal. Um, am I right in saying there's a, I mean, the chat might have more of an idea. Is there a million pound release clause on that? Is that right? I believe it's so. Something like that, yeah. I think that is the figure that, that has been thrown steep, around. It's, uh, it, it's not cheap, put it that way. It's more than we spent on a, a lot of players combined, actually. Most of the um, bloody team, most of the squad, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I would, you wouldn't have thought that we'd be paying a million up front, of course not. Probably, you know, there'd be installments and all sorts of stuff. Once. Similar to Dion's, yeah. I think, deal with Accrington. Um, but him, as, as a player, um, he's 20-year-old, isn't he? He He's played 22 games uh, this season. I think 20 start, two from the bench. Um, scoring five goals, uh, eight in all competitions. 
Um, predominantly a left left sided midfielder, left winger, LW. If you play a bit of FIFA, I think. Um, <laughs> similar to um, similar to uh, Dapo in that respect, where that might be a bit of an indication of where we're at with him. Um, obviously, play he's right footed as well, which is again identical and plays across both sides and also in the middle, which is quite interesting because I think we need a we need a ten, don't we? Um, as well, personally, I think. Uh, but so somebody can play across the whole of the attack. Um, Twenty year old as well, I think, to highlight um, because I think he's played in League One as well, hasn't he? When Wimbledon was in League One last season, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm not entirely sure on that, but I do think that was the case. He's got a bit of experience for a young lad, hasn't he? Uh, which is yeah. obviously good. Um, so yeah, I mean, transfer speculation and when we're a League One team is a bit narrier there, really, is it? We've not got that. Um, kind of understanding of the, the players, have we really that we should, that we probably all want? So you rely a lot on the stats, which I don't particularly like to do. Um, despite my comments about our new centre forward Dan earlier, um, but yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, I mean a million pounds a bit steep, but um, Leon was seems to be a good investment so far, doesn't he? So he's probably worth it. Um, no real comments. No real comments about a lot from City because again, I don't really know a great deal about him either. But he's come from City. He got a little bit about him, money. Yeah. What about you, Ange? What are your thoughts on the sale? Obviously, none of us uh, have seen much of him or will claim to uh, to know much about him. But it's always nice to to have that little bit of speculation and excitement in January, um, as we've had for the, for the last three seasons. But what are your thoughts? Oh, I like Colin said, I don't really know anything about the lad. You can Google all you want, you can Wikipedia all you want, and stats are stats, aren't they? Until until you get someone in the door, I, I don't I reserve judgment on any player that would potentially would come to us. I don't think for a minute we're gonna pay a million pounds for anyone because we I mean Everett said a million times that we're trying to be a sustainable club and we need a new pitch. So I don't yeah. think we're going to be buying a million pounds for someone. Um, I did see, did you see Ayol's tweet today about the Premier League player? Yeah. So I, I think he's probably a more reliable source. He did make a comment to say that Ever had previously been interested in Assel, wasn't sure if he still was on the radar or not. But yeah. I would tend to kind of, go with what Mark Isles has said today and that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would indeed. There's, there's been a lot of speculation that it could be one of United's uh, youngsters, given that, you know, obviously Ferguson was uh, in attendance um, at one of our games. Um, so, you know, when you're, you're being linked with that quality of player, it's always exciting. There's not been many windows in recent history where we've we've looked forward to, to seeing new names on the team sheet. It's always been a case of who can we get out the door because they've been crap this season. Uh, whereas, you know, this time around, it's it's a case of looking to strengthen in all can of I the add, good areas. Can I add something? I, I, am I, and I'd love for the, the people that are in the, in the live chat to comment. Am I getting old here? Like, I'm 35 now, but I don't get excited anymore about players that we sign until they're playing like I want to see them do well for us. Like I don't, I'm not really too fussed about what they may or may not have done for Wimbledon or wherever we sign them from. I want to see them in a white shirt performing week in week out, and that's when I'll get excited. 
I, I don't, I mean, I, as I said, I might because I'm getting old, I don't know. Like, but I don't think that, uh, yeah, I just don't get excited over, over signings or potential signings. So we've, we've got them and they're performing. Uh, can you, anybody add to that? Am I being a bit... I mean, I think, I think I may be, I'm, I'm the oldest on the, on the panel. Um, I don't get excited, too excited about transfer gossip in general because until the club announce it, you might as well, you could say we're signing Woody Bernaldo. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. I prefer to just wait till the club announce it and then go, oh, okay. And then Colin said, get him in a white shirt. Let's see what he can do for mm. me. I mean, yeah. that doesn't help. That doesn't help the content of the podcast. I'm very, very aware <laughs> that. You know, we're trying to be funny and I'm trying to like shooting it down. But I don't know. This is me. And obviously, Andrew agrees as well. But we're too old. It is a good point. We are old. <laughs> Maybe quite a lot of that is just due to the nature of the league we're in. You know, when players are being passed around the rumour mill, we don't really know that much about them. But, you know, when teams are playing in the top flight, a lot of the players that they're being linked with are big names that, you know, a lot of people have seen play and have already developed some sort of a reputation um, on the big stage, so to speak. Uh, we've had a lot of people say that, you know, the same thing, that they aren't really that excited about it. Um I mean, we've got, we've had some, we've been excited in the past and they've been right bloody damp squibs, haven't they, once we've started for us, so. Yeah. We've had a few comments as well, Ben, about um, Asal. I think it's, uh, Dave Green said, I, I'd invest in Asal. Um, he's 21 next week. Um, interesting to, like, an elaboration on that. Like, why are we, why would you invest in Asal? David, like, have you seen him? Do you know more than us? Like, what is it that's kind of so good about us spending in excess of probably half a million quid on him? It's a good point. That I know the rate, Wimbledon fans rate him pretty highly. Um, there was right, one okay. tweet I saw um, that said anyone who triggers that release clause should be in court for robbery because he's a brilliant player. Um, obviously, I can't agree or disagree with that because I haven't seen him play and I won't pretend to um, but it's always nice when the opposition fans are reluctant to see one of their players go um, which leads us quite nicely into our, our next bit of transfer speculation which is of course the rumour mill with Dapo uh, and where he may or may not be off to um, before anyone uh, shares their feelings on it or before we get any comments in because uh, I can not want to but I can imagine there's going to be some um, contrast of opinions uh, let's have a look at what the, the Twitter poll says uh, Paul says sorry uh, I will get it right um, so the result one of the polls that we put out was looking at his market value and what sort of the bid that we'd be looking to accept would be in the region of I don't pretend to be any expert in, you know, the transfer market or how much players are worth. Don't uh, you play football manager, Ben? I do, pretty <laughs> religiously, actually. Um, not that I like to admit it. Um, but so the options were between 500 and 750,000, which is, I think, the uh, a supposed market value um, of what he was worth. Uh, I think the transfer bid that was rumoured to have been put in uh, by German side St. Paul Pauli, Pauli uh, was actually higher. Um, but there was the other option of 760,000 to a million, um, stepping up the game slightly, 1 million to 1.5 million, 
and then one that's over 1.6 million. The most common choice was between that 760,000 and 1 million pound benchmark. Uh, second popular was 500,000 500, to 750,000 and then uh, Pretty small numbers for one to 1.5 million. And then believe it or not, there were some people that thought he was worth over 1.6 million pounds. Um, if you are watching, uh, which a few of you are, so to those of you that have contributed, do let us know what you think his current market value is, uh, what you'd be looking to sell him for. If you were in the hot seat, what bids would you be accepting? Uh, but let's start with sort of the people on the pod just for to start with Colin what is what's his market value what are you saying uh, what what bracket are you putting him in um I reckon I'd be pretty happy if we got around three quarters of a million for him personally with the hope and potential that you've got add-ons on that whether it be appearance fees whether it be sell-on fees um yeah. whatever it might be goal score goal scored um a promotion fees i'm sure you'd hope given the fact that our club seems to be run pretty well these days um the guys at the top will probably will probably will probably um add on uh add-ons add on add-ons if you will um because i think that's important for the club to kind of um progress with with as much money as possible um so yeah around around 750 to a million possibly depending on 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 the add-ons and stuff because obviously they're in bundesliga too and i know historically they have played in the bundesliga so they'll have asper- i mean i think they're like three quarters away down the league so they're not exactly looking for promotion this season i would have thought but you know in the future they probably look to hopefully get promoted so you could look at that as a possibility um yeah. so yeah around 750 grand i'd say maybe a little bit north of that yeah it's a fair point what about you Ange? I yeah, thought it's about a half a mil for seven fifty. Um like Cole said, bang a load of add ons. Um job would be done for me. I think I think yeah. I get why people are kind of trying to justify his a higher value for him, but we're in, we're in League One, it's like yeah. yeah, he's a good League One player, but he's a good League One player. He's potentially championship player, but I love the boy. I think he's a. I think he's done fantastic things for us in a white shirt. Um, but I, I would be happy with that first valuation, like with an upper absolute max of seven fifty. Do you think we'd have got more from last summer? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I, I do as well. Yeah, we've, got yeah, we've had a comment actually from someone who said could have potentially got a million for him this time last year, but didn't. Now worth seven hundred fifty thousand, in my opinion. Wait until summer at this rate, and he's worth less, surely. Which is another good point. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. He's gone. He's definitely year. gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's definitely gone. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think the question is is he going. I think the question is how much for, um, which is unfortunate. We'll never find but... out, and we'll never find out because it'll <laughs> definitely be undisclosed. <laughs> It's one of them things, isn't it? But yeah, it's a good point. You know, his stock would never have been higher than it was at the end of last season. Um, after a really impressive season, it has to be said. Um, Alex has said happy with eight hundred thousand, which is a good point. You know, somewhere around that between the five hundred and seven hundred fifty thousand is what I was leaning towards. Uh, Louise has said five hundred thousand with a sell-on clause. Um, 
We've had another one that said 750,000 in add-ons. Uh, one here. I will go through them all. Uh, 500 to 750,000. Another good point. Uh, one from Liam, which is a good point. It says Moneyball. We got him for nothing. Like for nothing. Yeah. Sell for over 600,000. Good all round. And that's the model. Everett said that from the outset. It depends if we owe West Ham anything, which is another good point. You know, the management mm. clauses in, in our oh, signing yeah. of him uh, mm. that meant, you know, we had to. to pay some compensation um but that money ball point is it is a really good one um we didn't pay anything for dapo or maybe not up front um and whatever we sell him for is, is you know profit and that is at the minute our business model we are a selling club we aren't in a position like some of the bigger teams in this league to you know hold on to players and, and fight our way through through transfer rumors there's no shame in admitting that uh, and I wish more people would do. Uh, one from Jake here, 500 to 750,000. Personally, comparing it to the Scott Twine transfer to Burnley was silly. As long as we can replace with someone who fits the system better and helps us with the promotion push, which is another good point. I don't know why people were, were making the Scott Twine comparisons. I mean, I, I can sort of understand it, but I think it was... I think it's just, I think it's just frustration, Ben, to be honest with you. And I, I do get it, because, like... If you, if you look at back at like my time following one just like over the last you know 25 30 years we haven't ever sold players really at the right time excluding an elka you might say we've always hung on to players for so long for too long so as a result of that we we, we tend to be like feel like we're like an affiliation towards these these footballers when at the end of the day we watch a foot we watch a sport that's that's a business more than than, than ever before. So we, we can't really afford to be um, have, a, have an affiliation with, the, with these players because we've we, we got to use that model and, and move forward as a club and not linger around the EFL for us for too long. We need to be looking at the, the top end of the championship and, and get promoted back to the Premier League as, as soon as possible. And you only do that by buying, by buying or, or getting players and selling them on for more money. Simple yeah. as that. Unless somebody, one of Agreed. our... Unless one of our three hundred thousand Twitter followers as a club have got multi million pounds in the bank willing to invest, I think the best attitude to have is to realise that and, and and support the club's decisions regardless. Yep, that is a, a great point. Another really good point actually from Jake um, that said it's what the club is now, following the same model Brentford did, and look where are the, where they are now. Trust the process. Trust uh, you the know, there process. are many Brentfords knocking about, but. I don't see any reason why we can't be one of them. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, trust the process. Um, I'm sure we'll have many more of these conversations in years to come of players that, you know, have played for us Good. a lot longer than Dapo did. I hope we um, do. But, I hope we have these conversations yeah. 10, 15, 20 times over over the next five years or whatever, whatever we, we have the pod for, or even as just as fans, because that means we're doing something right. So let's yeah, hope we agreed. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Chris has said, Cole's right. Remove the emotion. It's a business transaction, which, you know, in its rawest form, that is exactly what it is. And we recognize, um, obviously, we recognize as well that, you know, it's not easy to do that because he's, he's a great player at the end of the day. He's a great lad as well. Like I, personally, I'll have nothing but good things to say about Dapple when he leaves. I think he's been brilliant for us, both on and off the pitch. I've never met him myself, but um, I know lads who've got kids who have who've been mascots and stuff and been to parties when he's been involved and they've all said that he's, he's been a great lad with the kids and on and off the field he's been fantastic so i wish him all the best and at the end of the day 
he wants to he wants to progress his career and staying with us, piss balling about in League One, playing Morecambe or whoever else are playing, isn't going to progress his career, is he? You know, wants to get the move yeah. to make him a better footballer and, and have a better career. Um, so I wish him all the best. I think we should all we should, we should we should all do that. Whether he leaves to Germany or whether he leaves to a Championship club win, they've played him in a, in a couple of seasons. He's done a job yeah. whilst and he's done it well. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, I'm sure there will be the oddball that that you know has some some bad things to say about him on his departure. But for the most part, I, I wish him nothing but the best uh, and thanks for what he's done so far. Um, Moving slightly away from the, the, the transfer rumours, um, the halfway point of the season has more or less arrived. It is upon us. Uh, and if you haven't already, for the people who are watching, if you head over to our Twitter, which you can see at the bottom, it's at the Fanzone Pod. There is a recent tweet on there, which we're going to run through now. I'll give you all a couple of minutes to just run through that uh, and drop your comments on it. But we're going to be running through uh, for this season, your best player so far, your worst player. Best signing this season, worst signing, which is a, a bit of a tricky one. Uh, we've got some debate to come from that. Uh, your most improved player, your most underwhelming and your biggest surprise. I think there are a few people watching who have already dropped their thoughts on this. Uh, so we'll be sure to run through those. I don't know, obviously, that we've got ours. Um, and I'm sure this will... Uh, spark some conversation um but without further ado we will get into it and i'll keep an eye on twitter and if i see any of you drops your thoughts in then i will go and take a look um but if we start with best player for this season uh we'll go with Ange. who's your best player this season and why georgie j georgie johnson you know why because he's amazing yeah solid we need more than Ange. Colin, <laughs> he's, he's consistently solid in that back three. First name on the team sheet every single week. Future captain, the end. Well done. Future captain, if we can keep <laughs> hold of him. Um, no, <laughs> I hope we don't. I hope we don't. I hope oh, Colin, don't million. start with your bloody money ball. <laughs> I hope we sell him for five million quid to whoever, Burnley or something. <laughs> What about you, Colin? Best player? Um, I, think, I think we're all pretty on the same page with this one, but we'll go mm. ahead. Well, I said to you before we went live that I would keep in mind to myself because I wanted to start a yeah. conversation. Um, best player for me, James Trafford. Um, he's a record breaker. Um, he's. I nearly, I nearly sang then. <laughs> his distribution's impressive. He's, um, he, he's commanding of his area. Could be better, but he's pretty good considering he's only a 19-year-old lad uh, or a 20-year-old lad. Um, he's been consistent. Um, he's just signed a five-year contract with City, so he's not shit. And he's potentially a future England goalkeeper. But as far as we're concerned, um, I think he's been brilliant. And like I said before, we're back to my original my point earlier on in the pod. Um, when called upon, when we're winning and when we're winning comfortably, he still makes vital saves. Yeah. So mine personally is, is Traff. Yeah. No. Good uh, Mine, I've gone for Georgie J as well. Um, echoing what Angie said, I think he's just the, the consistency of his performances have been the big, big thing for me. Um, there are 
many weeks and many games that I've watched where there have been players that have been miles off it um, and have really, you know, not looked the part. But I, I don't recall any standout performances that I've seen with Johnston where he's looked, you know, miles off it. There's been instances where the whole team's not been up to scratch, but just the consistency and, and you know, quality of his performances is what's put him at the top of my list, uh, just week in, week out, always. Never, ever fails to not put a graft in, uh, and he's a, he's a great player. And to do that at, what, 24 is just testament to, to his, his work ethic. It really is. We'll run through some of the things on Twitter as we've gone through them. Uh, quite a few of you have put them in. If you want to drop them in the chat as we go through, you can do that as well. Um, I think we've had one here that says Trafford, uh, mirroring what Carl said. Uh, Connor Bradley, another really good point. Jake Cross has said Connor Bradley or Owen Toll. Um, Chris has gone with Jono as well. And if we move over to Twitter, I think the most uh, the standout one uh, is Georgie J. Um, maybe what I'll do at the end of this is compile how many people actually said what and we'll dish out some uh, imaginary trophies. Uh, to, to, well, maybe maybe for the best player. I'm not sure about the worst player. I'm not sure that's a, an accolade many people want. Um, so moving on to that one, worst player of the season, um, which feels a bit harsh, but, you know, there has been some... Um, You're a harsh man, Ben. ...performances. <laughs> um, so... Without further ado, Colin, who has been your worst player this season? I feel bad with this. I mean, it's absolutely irrelevant because we're only doing this for the purpose of Twitter, YouTube and whatever other platform we, we play on. And people, whether they like our opinions on that or whatever, I'm sure the players couldn't care less. But I do feel bad <laughs> because the other week I was hoping and praying that this fellow would pack up his bags and go for his own career. In his own mental state, but, so I shouldn't probably shouldn't be putting him on my list. But it was very hard. Um, Joe Dixon is my worst player um, because I think when called upon, um, he hasn't performed, and he's not been called upon very often. Um, but when he has, he's not performed, and I think you'd be disappointed. I would imagine in his own performances in that respect because. The least you expect is is to put performance in when when you are called upon as best you can, and I think he's failed miserably on the, on a few occasions. Um, most notably, I think against Villa, I think he was, although he did make a couple of decent saves, but he conceded four, and one of them was an absolute howler. Whether I'm expecting too much of a goal of a goalkeeper is predominantly playing at League Two, probably, but it was a very hard question to answer. So, Joel Dixon, it is. Uh, David Green said we do not have a worst player, which, you know, I, I, I back that sort of opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's hard. It's tough hard. to say, but Ange, who are you saying? So, purely because we have such a good squad at the minute, and I too have gone with the scapegoat, that is Joel Dixon. But similarly to Paul said that he's had his moments even Tramere in the Papa John's his positioning was dreadful yeah, great show, um yeah. and he's not a kid so for me you can forgive if you were bringing Lukey Hutchinson in and sticking him in goals for Papa John's and his positioning was out he's a, he's a kid you'd forgive him but he's a what is he 27 or something 
you'd expect him to have that bit of his game nailed. And that, for me, is why Joel Dixon gets my worst player, even though I hate the bad doing the bad ones. Definitely. Yeah, it's not a nice topic. Um, but in terms of my worst player this season, um, I think mine is also Joel Dixon, uh, which, like Cole said, I feel bad giving... It's not an award, is it? Um, it's, a, it's a criticism. But, yeah, I feel bad saying it. Um, yeah, there's just been them opportunities, like you said, when he's had the opportunity to go out there and show us what he's capable of and, and instill some confidence and belief in himself, which I think is the most important thing. And I just don't think he's done that, um, which is a shame. And, you know, Can whether we... he moves out this window... Who knows? But for me, I don't like calling anyone out. But but Joel Dixon is, is ben, ben. Can we bring out um, one second? Dave Green's comment about Dixon and support. Can we highlight that, yeah. Green? Because I think that's important as fans in general with any of our players. The key is is we need to support. Um, Dixon hasn't needed support, and I think you look back on a lot of fans aggressive nature towards his performances is pretty pretty shocking really we are there to support the lads and realize that we are in, in league one and, and some of our players aren't good enough for that level so i just wanted you to obviously highlight that if you want to mind it ben so thanks very much because i think it's important yeah. there, to remember that there are there are ways and means of doing things and which hunts are not are not the way that it should be done I mean, yeah. you're in if you when you're in a job that's in the public eye and you you you're bearing all for all to see, mm -hmm. you are gonna get criticism. You're gonna you are. It's just the nature of the beast. But there's ways in which it's delivered, and some fans absolutely go about it the wrong way. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just to sort of round that off, I think if you pay attention to Ian Everett's post-match interviews that seem to have gone uh, undergone quite a, a heavy transition from being perhaps overly critical uh, towards his, you know, first few to what seems to be a more getting behind the lads, picking them back up and, and very much having the attitude of let's go again. Um, you, know what, not... you know what he needs to do? You know what he needs to do, Dixon? He needs to man up. That was the very specific... Yeah, that was that, that was really brilliant, wasn't it? That was a really what a corker. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I thought of, uh, and he seems to have learnt from that um, and sort of moved away. Um, but on to a more positive one, best signing. Um, I'll start on this one, and in fact, no, I'm not because I still don't actually know. And who's your <laughs> best signing? Arise, Sir Owen Tall. This is going to be boring, this. <laughs> Go on, give us your reason why. Not that you have to, but... I mean, bloody hell. If I need to give you a reason as to why that boy... I don't even know how old he is. How old is he? Early 20s, 22. isn't he? 22. He's absolutely... Coming like... Steam train and... I don't. I don't even know. I guess he's gonna get a look in. I honestly don't. He's he's got. He's gonna go far. That boy is gonna go far. Yeah. Uh, good point, Colin. <laughs> your thoughts? 
yeah, it's it's it should be a quick one for us to brush over this. It's yeah, it's Owen Owen Tall. I think when you look at when he first came in, I think even Everett said on um some form of media, I can't remember what it were, but he said that he was struggling a little bit with a few injuries early doors. I think since the Exeter game, um he's been absolutely outstanding. Um I saw that he's averaging like seven, seven and a half plus out of ten um statistically uh in his performances. Um, the only kind of poorish game he, he, he might have had was the Portsmouth game in the Pizza Trophy on Tuesday, but I don't think any of them really at it that game. We did well kind of getting past past them. Um, but yeah, I think he's been fantastic. Great signing, 23. Um, let's moneyball it. And do you know why? <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why he was not up to his normal standard on Tuesday, Colin? My what? theory anyway. Because he trusts Will more than he trusts Rico in the middle. No, well, I'm not getting into this now. Come I know, on. and that's <laughs> <laughs> that is a conversation. Only time will tell, and only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, um, we've had one uh, one comment uh, that said signing of the season is Connor Bradley, hands down. Which my toss up between Toll and Bradley, um, it, uh, those two uh, are who I'm going with. Um, but I think the one that edges it for me is Toll, and that's because that he's our player. Um, yeah. There is just some, you know, element of attachment there which we shouldn't have, but it happens. You can't get rid of it. Uh, and knowing that he's our player and he's contracted to us uh, and will play for us hopefully for seasons to come, just about edges it as my signing of the season. Um, you know, because because loan players usually are all pretty good signings because um, they're coming from teams that are higher up in divisions usually. So to have someone um, that's, you know, our own player and that good, yeah, Owen Toll is, is, is my best signing. Until he reaches and... his true market value and then we sell him on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is the nature of the money ball system. I think everyone's more or less in it. In it agreements there that Toll is the best signing and over on Twitter the uh, yeah the opinion is very much the same I think a lot of people actually said Bradley over on Twitter um, there was a few saying that re-signing Trafford on loan um, but Bradley seems to be the, the, the standout one on Twitter um, either of those two I don't think you can argue with Chris has said what am I talking about play of the season Lloyd Isgrove um, oh. said that. <laughs> uh, on to a slightly more negative one again uh, you'll have to forgive me but worst signing which I, I would like to rename to something else I can't actually think of another name but I think worst is a bit harsh because I don't think we actually have a worst signing um, perhaps you could call it most underwhelming signing but that feels harsh Um but we'll stick with worst signing for now, unless anyone has any better alternatives. Ange, who's been your, your worst signing? I don't really want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think we've made a bad signing. So if you're going off the if you're going off uh, all all you can go off if you want an answer for this is the least amount of minutes that have been played by a new signing and that's Ben Owen Beck. So yeah. But he's not in any way, shape, or form a bad signing, and that's all I'm going to say yeah. on it. 
<laughs> nope, fair point. Colin, what are your thoughts? I, I, this will enable us to get through this segment pretty quickly because I don't have any we're, we're signing, so I can move, we can move on from that, I think. Yeah, no comment from, from no, Carl. I mean, there hasn't been one. <laughs> and, yeah, the reply on Twitter and in here actually was very much the same as that, that we don't actually have one. Um, a lot of people have said Beck, um, and one of the points that I wanted to make on that was that most of the people who said that said that it wasn't an insult to Beck, um, you know, it wasn't a, a criticism as such, it was more of an endorsement of the other signings that we've made, um, mm. showing just how good they actually are. But no, I don't think we have a worse signing, um, at all. So, if we, if we do this again, should we not have that category? No, no, we'll, we'll cut out the worst. <laughs> uh, most improved player. Um, this one, I think, is is a mixed bunch uh, that we've had in. But, Cole, we'll start with you. Who's your most improved player? Um, I think the obvious one um, would be blank. I'm not going to say his name. But my personal one is George Thomason. Um, I think he's been... Um, I think he's been well, he was fantastic before he got injured. Um he, the way the way he kind of he's obviously worked very, very hard on his game. Um yeah. to get himself into the our starting eleven in the centre of the park is testament to him. Um his abilities as well as obviously his attitude as well, because I think it would be easy for him to kind of like, you know, not work on his game. You know, get, go and play for Bolton, probably get another loan move to like a Walsall or something like that and go under the radar. But he's obviously, again, I guess Owen, uh, Ian Evans probably worked really hard on him and, and with him and learning from players around him as well. Um, but yeah, Josh Thomas, uh, all day long. Yeah, that's a good point. And one that a lot of people in the chat are agreeing with and over to the response was very, very much the same. Um, and you, I have gone with William Amson. That is the other standout name, yeah. And I do agree with Colin's comments about Georgie T. But for me, I've gone from I always saw something in Georgie T, and when people were slating him when he was previous season. I, I, I couldn't see what they were seeing. But with Will, I used to... I had anxiety when he was on the pitch. I was mm. worried about what he would do. And I don't feel that anymore. I'm, I'm so comfortable with him playing. So, for me, I've gone with William. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I agree, actually, with Ange on that one. Uh, my most improved player of the season is Will Ameson. Um, and that's on the ground solely that I actually always saw that player in Thomason. Uh, I, I always knew that he was a, a could be, um, whereas there were actually instances last season where um, I wouldn't say I was wishing Will Ameson to leave, but <laughs> there were instances where I thought that I was desperate for Santos to come back and, and almost rescue us. Uh, and to see that turnaround... In what is actually quite a, a short period of time is is phenomenal. Um, he's, he's yeah, credit to, to Will Ameson on that front. Uh, um, we've had some ben, comments on here as well. Yeah, I was just saying, Ben, on. if you don't if you don't mind 
pointing out um, Liam BWFC01 has elaborated on my uh, Thomason comment. And I think he's yeah. absolutely nailed that, I've got to admit. Yeah, he said that pre-season he turned into a man, uh, which is a, a really good point. You know, he manned it up. The gym. He did, <laughs> he did. Support you never, you know. <laughs> he's very clearly done a lot of work in the gym because he's come back a big boy. This he's grown, season. hasn't he? He's, 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 he's yeah, filled out, years. he's filled out, yeah. So, yeah, he's certainly been been hitting the, hitting the weights. Uh, most underwhelming signing, which I think is slightly more fairer than than best and worst. Um, the the player that has almost not quite met your expectations, almost not lived up to the hype that you were expecting. Um, this season, and we'll start with you. Oh, and it breaks me to say it, but Kieran Sadlier. Yeah. You can see there's a player in there and you can use the argument if he's not being played in his best position, but oh, I can't. There's no one else who underwhelms me quite the same. When I had such high expectations, I think it's easier when you've not seen a player before or not heard of a player before or not watched a player before to, to not have any expectations. But when you have, that's the, the underwhelming bit for me. Yeah, good point, Colin. Uh, Declan John. Um, I think he, last season, he was involved in, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I know, I know it's quite high, quite a, a lot of um, our, in our, our attacking um, influ- influencing within the game. It's quite high up uh, with assists, I think, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I think he's not pushed on. For whatever reason, summer's obviously gone on with him quite clearly, but he's not separated that issue that he has with whoever it is in his professional um, his career essentially. And I think he's he, he's looked, you know, I elaborated last week and I thought that he'd obviously you would have hoped that he looked at it and got right. Um, it's a sign of life from Cambridge, you can play center half, you can play left back. I'm the left back. What can I do to improve to make sure he's not getting in, in, in the team? And he's, yeah. he's flattered to deceive this season for whatever reason. Um, it's a real shame because I like him offensively. I think defensively, like, like I said, he could have improved and you would have hoped that he would have worked on his game this season to do so. Um, and I think he probably he, he probably saw his arse when, when the young lad from Liverpool came in at left-back, um, I'm guessing. But yeah, um, Declan John for me. Yeah, I think... Um... There you go. Sorry. 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 Liam just said it. I apologise. Five assists, five goals from Declan John last season. I mean, he's got a couple. That as a left back, he should be coming into the season doing five or ten assists. Do you know what I mean? Should be improving from playing in League Two the season before to then playing in League One. But, you know, for back to back seasons, but whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Declan John. Sorry. I apologise there. No. Uh, mine, I think, uh, which I've not seen too many people say. I think there were a few on Twitter that, that said this, but mine's Dapo. Um, and that is based on his season last season and just how good he was. Um, and I feel a bit harsh saying that because he was obviously predominantly played on the wing when we swapped to a fullback halfway through the season. Uh, and obviously, he just hasn't had the chance to play there this season. Um, but 
on the occasions that he has, you know, the, the, Accrington is a good example of when he, when he showed up and, and really was a game changer. But I think I was just wishing for him to be able to make that that transition into either playing as a 10 in the middle or as a, you know, a centre forward. I, I really wanted it to work because um, I knew that the five-back was the, the long-term vision for whatever it had. Um, and I was really, really hoping that Dapo would be able to fit into there. Um, and, you know, we tried him at wing-back in the 10. You tried him as a centre-forward and none of them seemed to accommodate his game very well. And so for that reason, uh, I've put him as my most underwhelming. Uh, next up is your biggest surprise. Uh, the most surprised play, play that's most surprised you this season, whether that's that they've done really well uh, or that they've done really bad. I'll let you choose. Um, Colin, do you want to start us off? Yeah, um, it's easy for me. Uh, Connor Bradley, um, I th- he's, he surprised me. He really has. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect from from the lad. Obviously, I know he played a bit, bit of Champions League off the bench. I think he played a few uh, League Cup games as well. But I think considering this is his first season in men's football, um, you wouldn't, or first, you know, in terms of like playing week in, week out, you wouldn't have thought it. He's been absolutely fantastic week in, week out. Even in his poor games, he's played well. Like, for example, Saturday. He didn't have his best game, but he was a, he was a threat and he did his job defensively. Yeah. So he's, he was solid. He was a 7 out of 10. Even in his poor games, so yeah, surprise. Connor Bradley every every single day of the week and twice on Sunday because I was really disappointed that we didn't get um, Fossey back. But obviously, yeah. I was um, I was made to be made very pleased on pleased on that one. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Ange, do you agree, or have you got someone else in mind? I agree with Colin. Connor Bradley was my surprise. For the, uh, pretty much the same reason that I was devastated when we lost Fosse when he went when he's recalled and then thought oh we'll get him back we'll get him back and then he went to where did he go somewhere in somewhere Some in years. Europe wasn't it yeah um didn't have massive expectations for Connor because similar to Colin had only seen him off the bench a few times in some European matches to Liverpool but oh that boy nice. That's a nice surprise. So, Connor yeah. Bradley for me. I um I agree with both of you uh, and echo really exactly what you've both just said. Connor Bradley was my surprise. Um, just uh, for the lack of expectation I had, um, I was obviously disappointed when we lost Fossey, um, but I had no idea what to expect um from from Bradley coming in. But even though I didn't have any expectations, he certainly exceeded them because uh, he's just been fantastic. He's been a really good addition to the squad um, and has yeah, been immense, uh, a really consistent performer and yeah, really, really important to our side, actually. We've had a comment in um, that said that David Green has said that his surprise player was Conor Bradley. He's now shown League One is becoming tough. He's one booking from a two-match ban. Uh, I didn't actually know, but that could be pose some problems uh, so we've already worked it out Ben he needs to get it against Derby (laughs) right okay (laughs) because then because then he misses Forest Green and Forest Green and ah what's the other one Charlton is it yes 
Forrest Green and Charlton, he's got tougher matches coming, so if he's going to get it, I mean, it's, it, the cut-offs are like March, so he's definitely going to get one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, he, so, I thought, I thought he'd already been banned. I, yeah, because for his five, for his first five yellows, so then he gets another five and it's a two-match ban. Dirty wow. bastard. <laughs> 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 You, I reckon um, the reason I reckon the reason why he gets booked a lot is he, he plays on the edge, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He plays on the edge of a foul. <laughs> yeah, he plays on the edge. He's wholehearted, isn't he? And he reacts. Yeah, he's all on nothing. He's all he on react, nothing. Yeah, he, he does. reacts as well, doesn't he? Like when he gets hacked, or he'll give it a bit, won't he? And he's in the ref's ear and everything that you want from your players, everything that the, the players at the high level do, he, that's exactly what he is, and that's why at this level, I reckon he picks up a lot more bookings. Yeah, that's a good point, um, and, and people have agreed. I've uh, got another one here. Connor Bradley done a great job, real player, and not even filled out yet. Um, mm. Which is another good point. He's still um, maybe needs a preseason and some some uh, a, a diet plan from from Thomason. Uh, <laughs> needs to be hitting the porridge and the spinach. Um, but yeah, I think most of what we said, the, the, there's room for debate on some of them, but there's like best player and, and things like that. There are some standouts in the squad, that is for sure. Um, we're, we're, we're clocking on a bit here. I'm conscious that time is getting away from us. Um, but I think we'll, we'll we'll skip out the games to come uh, section because, you know, Derby sold out. It'll be a good game. We all know what to expect from that. Uh, and hopefully we'll be joining you on that Sunday with uh, three points in hand. Um but final thoughts is a trip to Wembley on the cards. Uh, we are just 90 minutes away. Well, excluding extra time, but that's not got quite got the same ring to it. Uh, we are 90 minutes away from a cup final at Wembley. Can it happen? I think it's straight Obviously. to penalties, Ben. It's no extra time, it's straight to penalties. Oh, is it? So we are 90 <laughs> minutes minus penalties from uh, from Wembley, but wow. Accrington Stanley away. I'm sure that'll be one that sells out pretty quickly. Um, people keen to see us, you know, make that step. Do you reckon we'll do it, Ange? God, I hope so. So obviously, <laughs> I said, didn't I, in the Christmas pod, that I, I wanted a Papa John's final. Um, yeah. I, I want to win it, but um, they're one of those teams for us, Aki, aren't they? They're a bit of a banana skin. They are, they are a bit of a bogey team. Revenge so I'm definitely not, not, not resting on any laurels at all, especially when we pinned them just about in the league. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what allocation we get. I don't know what. Yes. Because obviously, if you look at the Papa John's as, as a tournament, you could give most clubs five thousand, and they'll never bring five hundred or two hundred or whatever it might be, or fifty, or fifty. <laughs> yeah. But with this. The 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 I can't remember the fellow's name on Twitter. The uh, Andy Hull. Andy Hull. Is he going to be yeah. looking at thinking? He's going to charge us an extortionate amount. I just know well, he is. Is he going to be looking at it thinking? Do I give it to my home fans and run the risk of not selling the, all the tickets? Do I give it to the Bolton fans and guarantee myself income? But it's on telly, so he's, he's getting income from the telly anyway. So it'd be interesting to see. And I don't know what the rules are around like. Because obviously the FA Cup, you I think you're allowed an increasing percentage, aren't you, on on on, on your location, which is why Portsmouth can take nine thousand to Spurs and Charlton can take nine thousand to Old Trafford. 
But with that one, I, I don't know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if we just got the the behind the goal standing malarkey. Um, yeah. Because why you what you if it were me, I'd be thinking, fuck, no chance. I want Bolton fans second on the stadium, making loads of noise, and then putting my yeah. team at a disadvantage of getting to Wembley. I want to with no roof, so I can't hear the buggers. So I wouldn't yeah. hold your breath thinking we're going to get like two and a half thousand for Accrington. A bit more like five hundred, or probably what it'll be. It is a good point. Day. I don't. I think it's a tricky fixture, mate. And I'm despite the state of our pitch, and I know that, um, where are we? Dave Green said, discuss the pitch. Um, despite the fact that our pitch, I'd have much preferred them have them at home. <laughs> I think I would have as well. Um, we are at the stats show, we're much better at home than we are away. Um, I'm not sure about the early goals, but it feels like I've seen a lot more of them early, silly goals conceded away from home than at home. Um, just on touching on the pitch, um, it is something we will discuss. What I propose we do is go and have a nosy at Derby's pitch uh, next weekend. Go and see what theirs looks like, and then we'll come back and and, and on that the episode. Pitch is we'll the... Oh, this. just listen to the buff. So Mark Isles goes into it on his on yeah. the buff podcast. It's just it's not been read on the membrane and the mesh and stuff has not been redone for seventeen years. It should be done every eight years. We relay new turf every season, but. That that is the that is the long and short of it. Yeah. But yeah, listen, listen to the book. <laughs> it's a part synthetic. It's a part synthetic pitch, isn't it? And yeah. I think the, the contributing factor has been the bad, the, the excessive bad weather that we had in recent yeah. weeks, relentless as well. And that's just kind of yeah. like, you know, made it made the whole process quicker in terms of its deterioration. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I would imagine it probably plays all right. You know, there were there weren't many people, there weren't many players. On Pompey's side and our side, complaining about the way we're running on, on on Saturday. It looked like it was playing better than it looked. If you know what I mean. It, it... Yeah, definitely. It is. It, what it, it is. Just look. Yeah. It looked bad, but I didn't see many bubbles or complaints or things like that. So other than Dion, other than Dion trying to knee slide on it. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great choice. Yeah. It is a bit embarrassing, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't think we'll see it. They'll get that sorted this summer. You can't do this in mid-season anyway, so... It gets 10 days break, doesn't it, now? Because we don't play at yeah. home until... So yeah, till the 24th. Yeah. Hopefully we don't piss it yeah. down in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I think it might be snowing or something now, I don't know. <laughs> well, I should hope if it does snow, there won't be any knee sides going on there because I think you might break your knee, never mind just raising. <laughs> uh, but that more or less rounds off uh, tonight's episode. A little bit of a long one. Uh, if you did stick with us all the way through, which I know some of you did, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, lots of contributions tonight. I think that's probably the most we've ever had. There was actually one point where I was struggling to keep up with them. Um, so we saw your little face, Ben. Old. <laughs> I know. I was like, I didn't know where to stop. I was trying to figure out when we could go back and what we had to just forget. But thanks to everyone who did. Uh, no, the, con the contributions are, are brilliant. Like I've obviously yeah. I've got on my iPad here inside of me, and it's it's great. Like the more the more the merrier. It's um, I think it's yeah. I think it's class. So thanks very much. It, so, it's it's what makes us the fan zone. It's the live and the contributions that that's what makes us. Yeah. Us. so thank you yeah ultimately we are the fan zone we want the fans to be involved uh, and although we are the fans we want everyone else to have their say as well um you know this is a, a podcast open for debate everything's up for discussion there isn't anything that's a, a closed topic um 
we just might not have time to talk about it. Yeah, we might, we might just have to miss you out and come back to you another time. Um, yeah, like I said, thanks to everyone who did did tune in. We appreciate it. If you want to give us a, a follow on whatever platform you're on, whatever you're watching on, uh, I can see 15 of you are on YouTube. So if you are over there, you know what to do. We say it every week. Subscribe to us and tap the bell. Uh, you'll be notified whenever we go live, so you'll never miss an episode. But that's all from us. Uh, so thanks as always, and we will see you next time. Take see care. you. See you at Derby. Will Bye. Do.